1: And Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. He's just cleaned his penis with a willy brush. Will you please welcome Richard Herring? You. a reference to the pre-show banter there for the people at home. Welcome to Richard Herring's Letters Square Theatre podcast. Or as all the cool kids are calling it, Rahel Ah, whack well, at that, it makes like they've been primed. It's amazing. Uh, we've got a fantastic guest, Adam Buxton, uh, coming up. Um, but first I like, will attempt some stand-up. It's not as good as the stuff I just did. Uh, I will mention that uh, I asked last week for people to send in essays about the... Uh, the Mick Jagger, Dave, uh, Frankie Boyle Dave Gorman, R- Ringo Starr conundrum that was discussed at length uh, I only got one essay uh, from Raoul Seagull uh, which may not be his real name uh, it's a poor effort uh, it's only two sides of A4 long I would have given it maybe D minus uh, but as it's the only entry he has won he doesn't give his address so he hasn't won anything uh, but my favourite thing about it is that he, all the way through he refers to Mick Jagger as Muck Jagger uh, as if he's a Scottish man the people here knew about that already which is why it didn't get as big a laugh as you were expecting <laughs> Uh, I only thought that's funnier than the people in Leicester Square Theatre. I've read the whole thing out. We might put that out as an extra podcast for you uh, uh, because it's a very interesting uh, prognosis. Uh, Lord McAlpine is in the news. He is not a paedophile. He's the the non-paedophile. He's unusual amongst conservative politicians. In that he has decided to sue people who've got, that's why this is unusual. Uh, he's decided to sue people uh, who've, who've, who've tweeted about him. Um, I think in a fair enough way, because I think if he does, it's all right. It's one thing joking around on Twitter and making a joke or in a podcast, but to just. <laughs> That's one thing. That is fine. But just to state openly that someone is, is uh, uh, guilty of a terrible crime is what is one thing. But he's, he's, um, he's a terrible thing. But he's, uh, he's going to sue anyone who's tweeted, apparently, this is what he's planning on doing, for £5. Pounds. So if you tweeted or retweeted that, he will sue you and you'll have to give £5 pounds, uh, to a children's charity. And it's nice to see that a non-paedophile can do charity work. That, is, that, is, that makes me feel a lot better. So Lord McAlpine is doing some great work for people who just do charity because they're nice people, they don't want any, They don't even want to fuck kids. They just, they're just doing it because they think let's give some money to disadvantaged people. That's a nice thing to do. But five pounds, I think, is quite good value for for liveling someone. You know, that's, that's not that's not so bad. In fact, you know, I, I, was, I was thinking, you know, which Tory MP do I want to falsely accuse of being a paedophile now? And I just thought, well, actually, five pounds, I mean, I could do all of the Tory MPs. I'm just going to say all Tory MPs are paedophiles, that's my plan. Um, I'm happy to pay five quid, that'll be about 2,500 quid. Uh, but the thing is, some of them probably are paedophiles, so they won't, they won't be able to sue me back. So it's not even... A, in a sense, um, if you think about it, the people who don't sue me are sort of saying that they are paedophiles, so it's a good way of flushing them out. It's trying, this is the way to find the real... One. So, if any, let's say all of the MPs, let's to make it fair because I don't really trust the liberals uh, anymore. So, uh, let's say all MPs are, are paedophiles. That's 650 people who can sue me. Any of them don't sue me for five pounds. Well, we know now. This we've done a we've done a useful service. Uh, my wife was away on Saturday night, so I've been kind of had, I was uh, on my own, single man again on a Saturday night. So, what I did, I did the things that I'm not allowed to do when my wife is around. I sat in my pants watching the Colditz story, the 1960s film, eating pickled onions. And that was it was amazing. I'm not allowed to eat them. She doesn't mind me eating pickled onions, it's just these particular ones I eat really made me fart badly. So really, I mean really badly. I did a fart in the night that it was a kind of a Dutch oven affair, but it was actually woke us both up. The last time I ate these. But annoyingly, I didn't this time I didn't get that. I just so I ate the pickled onions. And I was kind of looking forward to luxuriating the night in, in my, and it's a smell. You know, sometimes you fast disgust yourself, but you're still quite proud of them. Didn't get it. In fact, I started. It's like my body knew because when my wife returned, I started getting a bit it again. It's like my body knows. So uh, that was That <laughs> was a fun way uh, to spend the night. Uh, uh, oh, of course, we've had um, other news, other paedophile, and no, uh, no, not paedophile news. Other uh, celebrities in trouble news. We've had Justin Lee Collins, Dave Lee Travis, Jamie Lee Curtis is shitting herself. I'm telling you, that's the. Anyone with Lee in their name, I think you should watch out for. That is, that's. That's all I'm saying. They might start wanking you off with the ventriloquist dummy. They they might shoot you if you're the president. Just, Just watch out for them. It's the middle name guaranteed guaranteed that something's going on. Neither of those people have just... I mean, Dave Lee Travis, he's only alleged to have touched up some women. He's made it very clear <laughs> that that's why right. He would never do that other thing, and he hasn't done that either. That is his defence, which is a good defence. I, mean, I want to make it clear I would never do that, and I didn't do the thing they said either. LAUGHTER um, maybe i edit that out so um, uh, i 've really started worrying I actually listen, I hate listening back to these podcasts because I think I'm, I, I think i 'm an idiot, and I really it annoys me the way I laugh at stuff and I think oh. I just think, I mean, I don't understand why any of you like me, like me. You are idiots, but thank you for liking me. Uh, but I listened back uh, to the Adam Buxton show I did, for The Edinburgh Fringe, and I said some... I mean, that was the end of The Edinburgh Fringe. I was a bit kind of loose-tongued. I said some terrible things. And now this has happened. I'm starting to think, God, retrospectively. I'm in all kinds of trouble, so... Ah, uh, oh, fuck it. Uh, let's, uh, but the best advice I can give... Um, to any perspective, uh, and I did say this about uh, in the last podcast, but in the, before it went out, I think uh, I think David Mitchell treated me the best in, in the interview, I think the way you have to be interviewed by me is to treat me as if I'm a quite intelligent five year old child, that is <laughs> I think that is and that's what he did and so you kind of answer the questions as they're put to you uh, not like you know not like a six not a six year old an intelligent five year old that is that's is why I'm oh the other thing I've got is i uh, to we'll give this a little go I haven't really uh, planned this but um, I've got a new iPhone I've got the iPhone 5 yeah very exciting uh, and so it means that for the first time ever I have uh, Siri which uh, I've never had before the uh, the kind of assist this robot assistant you like this old box robot man robo box uh, this is incredible so you can ask it questions and then it will do I'm actually talking to it now so I was better uh, but I this is the first one of the first things I said is uh, when is Talking Cock on in London it's
1: Monday
0: 19th. oh <laughs> no that's the wrong that's he says it's Monday 19th November 2012 in London that's the today's date <laughs> he's let us down when is Talking Cock on in London Oh. You've tricked me, Siri. Because every other time I've done this to you, it's like you know where we are. When is talking cock on? Listen, I can't find any events about talking cockram, Richard. Like it usually chastises me for being rude. And now it's made what I've said much ruder than it was. You're talking cock is fine. Talking cockram. It's like some terrible forced sex show I'm doing. You're a stupid fucker, Siri. Well, I'm still here for you. Well. Voilà. I'm still here for you. I just like the idea that someone has programmed... It hasn't done it, because typically now, but when he was sort of telling me off for swearing, um, and uh, someone sat in an office like you, kind of thinking, what's the every swear word? We have to put this in. I'm, I'm going to ask it this, see what happens. Siri, if you had to have a ham hand or an armpit, the dispensed sun cream, which would you choose?
1: I like me to search the web for, is it?
0: You didn't even get the whole question, is it? I'm going to give it one more try. There's a very funny uh, video of Mary Larwood doing much better with a uh, with Siri that you must uh, Google and check out. It's a shame he's done that, because uh, this just looks weak by comparison. <laughs> Which is better, a ham hand or an armpit that dispenses sun cream? It's like I'll do it on the night, Siri. That's how he. When I've done that at home, no interest at all. Anyway, look, we're going to crack on uh, with the actual podcast. Uh, it is delight to, to uh, have uh, this guest on. You will probably best know him best. He was Barry in uh, Randall and Hopkirk Deceased, the, the remake. We'll be talking about that. He gets asked about that all the time. We're going to get that out of the way very quickly. Will you please welcome Adam Buxton, ladies and gentlemen? Adam Buxton, he's gone to the toilet. You can go, you've got a microphone there. He's brought his own microphone on. That's how confident he is. Hooray! He's got a beer. He's drinking beer. Hello, Adam. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> All right. Thank you. You've got your coat on.
2: Got my coat on, you won't yeah. Feel the benefit of that outside. No. I'm ready, ready in case things go badly. I'm. Don't. Oh, what are you doing? Why are you filming me? That's Mary Jane. I know everyone. I'm just joking, Mary. You can film, film the heck out of this thing. You can film right? it if you want. We don't care. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be an amazing film. When will you watch it back, though? <laughs> Guys, uh, so Tuesday, come over because I filmed the whole of this podcast. <laughs> from the front it's great we're going to watch it What? don't talk during the filming of the podcast on my iPhone it's my favourite film it's great it's not in surround or anything like that but it's, it's wonderful I'm going to burn it off to DVDs and distribute it <laughs> All my friends.
0: Slightly unusual angle. Just one camera angle. Two men talking for could be 90, 100 minutes. You, you know, might push through to 120. Today. That's what
2: it's like though, out in the world of illegal downloading. <laughs> people think nothing of that kind of. Yeah, they'll happily download Prometheus with people just getting up, <laughs> wandering around. The sound sounds as if it's just like that. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. Let's uh, let's you know, spunk some bandwidth. Is that a cool is that a cool thing to say?
0: It promotes ter- it <laughs> promotes terrorism, though. Somehow, doesn't it? These DVDs. The it, terrorists don't work very hard on. Pro- they yeah. should work a bit harder on producing good quality DVD copies. I think then they exactly. would make more money.
2: Yeah, exactly. And then they would be indistinguishable from the uh, the sell through ones. What would that do? That would plunge the world into confusion. Um, and probably destroy
0: the economy of the West.
2: Yeah, there is that. I don't really care that much, though. I, I Sometimes my policy... Have you ever illegally downloaded anything?
0: Uh, yes. Um, I no, think, you don't do it with any of my stuff.
2: Well, you see, I, I, I disagree. I, I strongly promote the illegal downloading of anything that I've ever been involved with. Right. I, because I don't make any money from it anyway. <laughs> so I couldn't give a fuck. <laughs> I think people are very welcome. I'm sort of flattered and delighted if anyone would spend any amount of time trying to download anything that I'd ever done. The only thing that I think is commercially available that I've done is the Adam and Joe DVD, which was a, you know, sort of compilation. Not even the whole set of the series, series that we've done on Channel 4. I'm the king of grammar. My wife has a copy of
0: this DVD. Right. Yeah, I never really watched it mean, when very, you were
2: on. I'm very proud of it.
0: I, I, I should probably have watched it. I've watched a bit of it. Because yeah. I, well, I was interviewing you. Probably should have watched all of it. I, Don't couldn't worry be about it. Be, I mean, be we spent a
2: lot of time. It's, it's, it's a beautiful object. Yeah. And we, we agonised and worried about every aspect of it visually. And uh, designed it all ourselves and were twatish about it. So I, I think, you know, people are probably... Uh, well advised to go and buy that actual thing you know, but if they want to see it really badly and just download bits of it, fine, I'm not fussed
0: I think it it means you become a fan, I mean I download Breaking Bad, like the current ones you can't get, but then I will buy that when it comes out.
2: Yeah, exactly, I've done that same kind of thing myself in another life, I wouldn't admit to it. <laughs> I mean, I've imagined doing it.
0: <laughs> Careful, you can get sued for anything now. Well, let's quickly get out of the way because you'll be asked about this all the time. Yeah. What? How was it being Barry in *Randall and Hopkirk*? <laughs> this is, uh, it the was 2001 it,
2: of uh, the 2001 remake. It was very nerve-wracking. I like to fall at hurdles. Yeah. Uh, that would be my Indian name if I <laughs> if I had like a Native American Indian name. It would be falls at hurdles. <laughs> because I, I never rise to any challenge whatsoever and any time I get an opportunity or I'm in an exciting environment, yeah. I fuck it up. <laughs> and I underwhelm. And that was one of my first acting jobs, you know, and I've, uh, I've always liked the idea of being an actor and always wanted mm. to, to act, you know. And I've intermittently got these little opportunities and that was one of the very first, thanks to Charlie Higson, who was yeah. uh, writing and directing that show, I think. So I was really excited about it and then uh, turned up and, you know, Vic and Bob were there, all my heroes in one place at the same time. I didn't have much to do. I think all, all I had to do was go up some stairs, I think, in Revenge of the Bog People. Uh, I was a security guard and um, very, you know, just went up the stairs. Charlie Higson sort of said, do you want to do anything else? Have you got any other kind of stuff you want to do to make it more funny or anything? Nah. no. I'm all right. I'm fine. I, I literally, I couldn't think of anything. Because I didn't feel as if I was in a position to unveil some amazing shtick. You know what I mean? You could have tripped on every single step.
1: Yeah, <laughs> in the back of us.
2: Just every single time. Move, That's right. Or, or my trousers would gradually fall down, <laughs> revealing my genitals by the top of the staircase. What about that, Charlie? Yeah, it's not really... <laughs> right for the, the slot that we have but thanks I, d- I, you know, I sort of felt confused by why I was there in the first place really and just overawed by uh, Vic and Bob and I had a conversation with Vic Reeves uh, in his caravan about cheese oh. and it seemed to me that I was actually in some sort of weird sketch with him uh, talking about um, uh, 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 cheese and also what was the other thing that he's a real expert in It's kind of uh, blood sausage or something like that, right? You know, so he's talking about like your your favorite kind of cheese. And I was thinking, wow, he's really like that. (laughs) (laughs) This is is the actual stuff he talks about, and I kept on expecting him to suddenly talk about something normal, but he didn't.
0: It's one of my emergency questions. That yeah, what's your favorite type of cheese? Well, I love
2: cheese. Yeah, love
0: cheese.
2: Yeah. So that was the other thing was I couldn't really partake of the conversation. It was just like (laughs) shit. I hate cheese. If you had
0: to eat one of them, though. (laughs) <laughs> Which one would you eat? Uh, I suppose Primula. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Some of them are nice. You should give them a go. Really? I like all of the, the cheeses.
2: Well, the che- cheeses is like uh, uh, the stench of death. <laughs> feet and death.
0: Well, the really smelly ones can be. If you don't yeah, like the smell, cheese... some are very bland. Yeah, but
2: it's either very much the smell of feet and death, or it's yeah. just a little bit of the smell. <laughs> Not too bad. Yeah, it's like he's just died. Yeah it's not too bad bad yet oh he's he's just taken his socks off he's only been uh, to the shops (laughs) it's not too bad yeah that's fine it's either that or it's like Jesus (laughs) Christ it's the walking dead
0: I'm from cheddar so I find this anti-cheese talk very upsetting sorry we are the that is the best cheese in the world cheddar
2: is it? yeah uh, is this something? I mean, do you eat a lot of cheese? Because I mean, cheese is one of the few things that isn't good for you. That I don't really.
0: Have <laughs> I don't. A lot I don't eat of. very much because it's not very good for me. Yeah, maybe. yeah. So I've, I've kind of given up eating. I eat, haven't, You eat pizza though, right?
2: No, I don't. You what? see? Yeah. I mean, that's the that's the God, only you're kind of stuff. About
0: about. I, but I, I, I straight I envy... in with the learning the things about yeah. says a lot about you. This that you don't. eat No, I pizza. have.
2: I, I, I'm so envious of people who do eat pizza because I can see that it's clearly like. One really of the great nice. things in the world. There's
0: no smell of death on it, they're just nice, it's all melty and.
1: Mm.
2: Mm. Yeah, well, sometimes I've gone and uh, tried to join in, gone to a pizza restaurant, yeah. and uh, ended up just getting like some dough with a couple of uh, anchovies yeah. on and some tomato sauce, yeah. and tried to join in with all that. <laughs> it's not the same.
0: It's weird because the sandwich is the same thing, and you could have a sandwich without cheese in it, but a pizza without cheese doesn't work. No, weird, because it? it is just—if you think about it, it's just a sandwich they've f- flattened out.
2: Pizza without cheese is like the doors without Jim Morrison,
1: <laughs>
2: or uh, Adam and Joe with no Joe, and just. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're both cheesy. Um, <laughs> let's face it. You know,
0: you have done, well, you've done a lot of acting. You've done some films and stuff. You've been in the well, jump ahead to that. You I had qu- one,
2: one year when I got cast in three films. Like proper big... Like uh, yeah. Stardust
0: was like a big film, St- wasn't it?
2: Uh, you know what? I've got a story about Stardust, but I'm not sure if I should tell it. Uh-huh. Um, because it's... <gasps> I really shouldn't.
0: Is it about Lord McAlpine raping you when you were a child? <laughs> don't tell don't tell don't tell that story Lord, unless you can back it up Lord and if I've shown you a photo and go and then that's Lord and they go, no it's a dim- it was a
2: different guy you showed me the photo. someone who looked very much like Lord McAlvin <laughs> visited the set no this is a good uh, way of making sure this story doesn't
0: make it <laughs> ah fuck it we'll put it out uh you can tell if you like and then we can decide later if you want to put it onto the, onto the internet but well, these people will listen to it and probably some of them are recording it well uh, uh, Mike, Mike Stone is at the front
2: <laughs> yeah condensed version was that I, uh, I I sort of blogged about it I was just get, I had a blog at the time And I I was, you know, I I thought I was just being uh, candid and fun about my experience on the thing and sort of like teased Matthew Vaughan about uh, some of the films that he'd made Mm. on on this blog. uh, About, um, what's it called? Uh, The one with Madonna in it.
0: Um, Uh, I'm not good on Matthew. Is it swept away? Swept
2: away. away Thanks very much. And only because he had been, you know, joking about it himself on the, on the set. But then he read the blog oh, no. that I did, and he got quite upset. Oh, no. And uh, it was fairly clear thereafter that I would never, ever get a part in any Matthew Vaughan film <laughs> yeah. ever again. And probably not any other uh, yeah. film. And sure enough, the phone uh, was <laughs> incredibly quiet for uh, for many years after that. But luckily... I got a part in The Persuasionists, uh, which was an amazing, amazing uh, BBC sitcom. You guys know that. Yeah, come on. All about the advertising industry. To turn the advertising industry on its head, it's never really recovered from the lambasting it got from The Persuasionists. Yeah. And so uh, everything was fine thereafter.
0: uh, The persuasionist was good. Uh, You know how you could have improved it? What you should have done? (laughs) You should have have put a Shrek in it. You'd have a Shrek in it. But this is the additional thing that would have really made it work. The Shrek would be played by Tim from The Office. Not the actor. The character. (laughs) Be played by Tim from The Office as a Shrek just and it'd be probably not it'd just wander around the back it'd be the same sitcom yeah in fact I would quite like you to remake it frame for frame <laughs> but try my not just put this superimposer in the background
2: who would he be replacing
0: no it would be just an extra it's a, be, if you, yeah. my belief is if you put a Shrek in anything not the Shrek a Shrek a Shrek into anything it will make it a hit uh, I, I, I refer you to Shrek the musical should be called a Shrek the musical <laughs> <laughs> that has a Shrek in it. An Shrek, ex- an example of a <laughs> Shrek. Shrek, the movie Shrek. Yeah, Shrek Two. They both have Shreks in them. Very yeah. successful. <laughs> but if you put a Shrek in it, yeah, people love a Sh- people love Shrek and and Shreks in general. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. have to even look that much like the original Shrek, just as it's recognisably a Shrek. But it would also have to look. It would also have to be recognisably Tim from the Office as
2: well. Yeah. I bet, well that confuses things, though, doesn't it? It's just—I think that's because the you don't want to dilute the, sh- the. It's not. Strength. It's
0: doubling. It's doubling the strength because I think if you put Tim from the Office in the Persuasionist, yeah, that would have made it a lot better.
2: Wow. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you put the entire cast of the Office in the Persuasionist yeah. and then rewritten it using the words from the Office. It probably would have improved it, to be yeah. honest. But, I mean, hard to do, though, because it was a very good show, in it, and uh, <laughs> we, did, we did exactly what we set out to do,
1: <laughs>
2: which, was, which was to fuck with people's minds.
0: <laughs> yeah? But it's all very arbitrary, I think, isn't it? These things get, you get judged after one episode, and then that's kind of... You
2: know, you know what? Like it was the, one of those things that when, when we were making it, None of us really knew, like people always ask, did you know when you were making it, what you were making? And I have to say, no. None of us really knew the impact it was going to have. And uh, I guess looking back on it, it felt special, sure it felt special, but none of us really knew how, how, what an impact it was going to have on, on each one of our careers. We couldn't have known. You know, it's only in retrospect that you know these things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but people are still talking about it, even if it's mainly you. I don't get too many...
2: Yeah, it's mainly me that talks about it. <laughs> it's mainly me.
0: But it doesn't matter, does it? Because then you've gone on to... And then that is... In a way, it's like a... It's like a spinal tap moment. You should envy yourself. Because then you've gone on to kind of do your own stuff with the, with the bug and...
2: Yeah, I mean, you know... Uh, To be serious, though, Uh, you know, you have moments where you, well, you just sort of try everything, really, don't you? I mean, you can it be a bit pointless to be, uh, you know, I haven't got a master plan. I haven't got one thing that I'm so amazing at that I've got to stick to that and hone that and only do that. And anything away from the plan is going to fuck up the impact of that amazing thing that I do. You know, I'm just trying out lots of things and and trying to uh, see which one of them works and which one of them doesn't. But
0: you've done because I was watching loads of stuff today, actually. You know, and because uh, that's the kind of guy I am, I prepare. Sure. Uh, and yeah, you know, there's an amazing variety of stuff. Like over the whole 20 years you've been working, 20 odd years, I suppose, is it? nearly 20 years, nearly 20 years. And it, you know, you have jumped around from films and and then just music videos. I saw. Um, I don't know how you pronounce the name of the band. Wanna dies or wanna dies? Oh
2: yeah, the wanna dies. Yeah, wanna dies. That's they. W- that, they, they would like to die.
0: <laughs> yeah, what well, they want to die. Yeah. Do um, you get a chance to check out? I've never seen this before, but it's on your on your website, isn't it? It's, mm. it's just one of the funniest things I've ever seen.
2: Oh, you did? Uh, do you like that one? i with, really... with me on stilts.
0: Yeah, you're on stilts with big furry boots, right. so you look like you're gigantic. And
2: I have a uh, just a waistcoat on, so my my hairy <laughs> belly is exposed,
0: and one piece of hair sort of sticking up in the air. So you'd like some kind of. <laughs> Yeah. A, a French dancer or something, a Russianist right. dancer. But it, you would think, well, if you got given that as a script, to go, a man, a small man, <laughs> on stilts that look like furry shoes, <laughs> just dances around for yeah. four minutes.
2: That was Garth Jennings who directed yeah. that. And um, so he suggested that we do something, because I kept on saying, like, you know, because I know lots of uh, directors, and I'm always trying to get in there work somehow yeah. <laughs> um, one, one particular director has been particularly resistant to my efforts Joe fucking Polish.
0: yeah it's annoying, it? uh,
2: <laughs> I mean you know obviously he gave me the part of a voiceover <laughs> of a nature documentary in the back of the scene of his debut feature but Garth has, I mean when Garth got the job of uh, like he directed his, his uh, debut film was uh, the adaptation of Hitchhikers mm-hmm. took my
0: advice put Tim from the office in it didn't there it. you go he should have been a Shrek as well then it would have been okay
2: and maybe he, he yeah he should have had some more Shreks and more there. Shreks He made the
0: mistake of putting. That's my. I I didn't enjoy this film. I don't want to upset you if he's your friend.
2: No, listen. uh, He's well aware of the critical reception. It's a
0: hard thing to do, right? Because it's a much loved idea, and is. But my least favorite thing in that, which should work by my own logic, was when he put a Marvin from the original Hitchhiker's Guide to the the Galaxy. He put in the queue, but then he had Tim from the Office do his Tim from the Office thing, where he sort of did a double take at the at the robot. Yes. And I just thought that blows everything. Hey, yeah. It might have been a funny little joke to have in the background. but And then all the rest of the film Where was also Where were
2: shit. you? <laughs> Where the hell were
0: you? <laughs> I should have been in there Go make it a Shrek. And then Tim from The Office looks at the Shrek. But I might have even predated Shrek. Man, that would have really blown people's minds.
2: I mean, I, I've told this story before on the, on the radio, but I auditioned for uh, the part that Tim from The Office oh, did he? got. Yeah, and that was one of my... Um, Hor- horrific audition stories that basically ended with me. I'll, I'll, I'll sort of uh, do a short version. Do a long version, honestly. Well, basically, That's I, I y- you know, I'd been bothering Garth so much about it, you know, and teasing him and saying, "Hey, man, you know, you're doing this big Hollywood film, and uh, this is exciting. Uh, please, can I have a part? You, you know, ha-ha-ha, <laughs> please, can I have a part?
1: <laughs> please,
2: please." <laughs> Can I have a pop? <laughs> and so he would go, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and then I'd go, hey, seriously, man, can I have a pop? <laughs> and then, th- you know, thinking that maybe Voice of a Vogon, something like that. Yeah. And uh, that would have been great. And then he says, um, yeah, li- listen, come in and audition for, um, you know, uh, Arthur Dent. And uh, so I said, yeah, all right, Okay. <laughs> Uh, all right, all right, all right. So I thought, I'll throw myself into this and, um, went to the audition and, uh, Susie Figgis was the casting director. She's quite a well-known casting director, a powerful lady. And so she's an imposing presence anyway. And so she was there and I was very nervous and, and there was Garth. He's very upbeat and smiley Garth. And, uh, So, I'd learnt all my, uh, you know, my scene that I was going to do, but then I thought to make it even better, what I'll do is I'll wear a bathrobe Mm -hmm. like uh, Arthur Dent does, right? And so, just before the audition started, I sort of went, I said, just before we get going, I'll just uh, (laughs) have something in my bag here. I I imagine this is the kind of thing that Benedict Cumberbatch would say. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Did you think they
0: might go well he's got his own bathroom that will save
2: us for 4 pounds <laughs> exactly I was thinking that they would think that and not only that but look at the level of commitment on this guy <laughs> He's come totally armed and prepared. He's taking this thing seriously. I've never seen anything like this before. Usually stars are so jaded they expect everything done for them. This is charming to bring along a, to bring along a bathrobe. So I produce the bathrobe, and I, as I'm producing it from my bag, I can see this is a fucking awful idea. <laughs> and I can see the colour draining from Garth's face. <laughs> And uh, although he insists now that that, that that was not the case, but uh, I could certainly see Susie Figgis getting rather appalled. And so I do. I put the bathrobe on, uh, do a very lacklustre reading um, for Arthur Dent, and uh, and then I sort of I'm kind of embarrassed, and I'm putting the bathrobe away, and I'm like. Oh. So, Probably shouldn't have used the bathroom, I suppose. Trying to make light of it with a kind of uh, office-style voice. And uh, and she said, well, put it this way. If you'd done that in Hollywood, you'd never work again.
1: (laughs)
0: Uh, especially, Especially... Especially if you weren't auditioning for the part of Arthur Dent. <laughs> if you kind of went in, yeah, for Darth Vader or something. <laughs> just Some yeah. In a way, Arthur Dent was the perfect character to try
2: that for, but if you... You would think, yeah. <laughs> if you went in... Uh, Ridley, um, before I... <laughs> I've got this thing that I like to do before an audition. <laughs> uh, I hope you don't mind if I uh, just pop on my bathroom. <laughs>
0: I think that's awful I think that's a nice thing to do we, we, when I did uh, my last TV thing where well, you can choose your friends which is a dr- drama um, basically based around my family yeah. uh, my own family not I mean it would be amazing to do a drama of my family the Robert Lindsay <laughs> they Just play, oh, and actually do a serious drama of that where just terrible things happen to them <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one of the lads who came on audition kind of it was meant to be a breakfast scene he was reading he kind of got out of his bag he got like a box of cornflakes in a bowl and we thought it was rather nice and he got the part yeah so there you go so you'd have worked with me again if you'd done that I'd have gone I'd have said well think of the money the savings <laughs> and the costume would have said well we'll need more than one we'll need like some backup copies of that dressing gown it might be more to it might be cheaper to just right. buy some bolt ones rather than use the same one again and again
2: the hero dressing gown <laughs> yeah a bit of film. but
0: gosh i mean i don 't like Hitchhiker's Guide to the galaxy so much his film, but he 's done some amazing i mean though that video was incredible uh, son of Rambo that was one of his yeah that well that 's much more
2: in- like what he would actually make if it was up to him you know it's like an amazing film the, the, to, to get such a big adaptation as your debut features kind of a poison chalice okay. really and he, he was very much being watched over by disney it 's a big studio okay. and they were uh, you, you know it 's a situation where you 're sort of a gun for hire and Really, it's you know you know you're not an auteur in those uh, situations. You're just a guy that's directing what the studio wants. So yeah. it's it's difficult, but yeah, it hasn't stopped him. And he's working uh, he's working on a new film right now, actually, which I probably shouldn't talk about. But it's it's going to be good. I think it's exciting.
0: Good. I think um, we need an emergency question quickly because uh, it's, gone, it's gone a bit. Quiet. Uh, luckily, I've got, I've got some emergency questions for when this happens, things that I can just what? ask you. Well, because I was tailed then, off
2: into a... I said something sincere with no yeah. amusing punchline. And, the, and then there was an agonising two-second gap. There
0: was. And as,
2: as a very professional uh, interviewer, I
0: spotted that. And yeah. I thought, right, I'm going to... I'll rest here. I won't say anything. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just use my interviewing skills. What I've done is, uh, when I interviewed Jonathan Ross, loads of those happened, and I just went can't think of anything to say <laughs> and then so why did I wrote in the back I, do you like this but this is um, a Beautiful. Slytherin Slytherin because uh, I don't like Harry Potter so when I went to Harry Potter World with my wife I bought 18 pound 18, ironical, uh, 18 uh, pound 50 and I'm stuffing it to, in J.K. Rowling's face aren't yeah. I, I uh, like Slytherin because they hate Harry
2: Potter <laughs> Enjoy your £18.50. Although, the only problem is that you have to explain that every single time you produce the notebook so that people understand uh, it's ironic. I'm pretty cool.
0: (laughs) I think it's actually worse to have it in an ironic way. It's more embarrassing that I've bought in an ironic way than it would be just to go I really like Slytherin I enjoy I mean, the the fact is it is
2: kind of a beautiful notebook it's
0: really not, look, feel, feel the weight of it in that oh, oh that's mate. why nice is it I've got so many notebooks I've got more it's notebooks so than I need
2: it's real metal as well it's like the, this,
0: the, better the be real fucking gold uh <laughs> white gold uh, anyway look we'll ask oh no it's the wrong way around they're in the back so they're always there ready to go um if you had to have sex with an animal, <laughs> if you had to. From the back door question. If <laughs> you had to, yeah. right, Or oh, your kids were going to be. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> In prison somewhere. In, with nice. <laughs> nice jades. <laughs> 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 Who looked after them. <laughs> are going to be in prison nice that isn't usually part of the with question Lord McAlpine
1: <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> they'd, be with nice they'd be very guys. safe would be very safe he runs a and b and he's very trustworthy <laughs> um, <laughs> if you had to yeah. what animal would you you can choose any animal any particular animal or species of animal but you have to have sex with one of them and then everything <laughs> will be fine alright a uh,
2: human being is an animal, though, right? Yeah, it does. That doesn't count. No. That. So you th- you okay. think you've found, right. you found the clever way round. What about some humans that are nearly
0: <laughs> that? <laughs> I'd allow so a Neanderthal. You could have a Neanderthal man. Yeah. Or <laughs> <laughs> <all, all> woman. <laughs> No, no, I want the man. I
2: want the Neanderthal man. I will answer your question, but who is, out of interest, do you think, the most Neanderthal woman without being, like, revolting and sexy? I I would like to preface this question by saying that I find that kind of woman very attractive.
0: (laughs) Well, but the Neanderthal people uh, are thought to be possibly more intelligent than, uh, than Homo sapiens in any case. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the traditional ideas of them are changing all the time. We possibly all have some Neanderthal DNA in us, although that changes depending on... And
2: physiologically, on the... what, what uh, constitutes a Neanderthal visage?
0: Well, I think there may be more, their brows may be slightly pronounced more... Pronounced brow. Pr- pronounced kind of...
2: Hairy, dark... Uh...
0: So maybe I kind of imagine them as being uh, gingers. Yeah. That's just me imagining, I don't know. I'm not saying that's where all gingers came from, and anyone who is ginger definitely is related to Neanderthal. Uh,
2: Dexter, he's uh, like a ginger (laughs) Neanderthal man. (laughs) Have you ever watched that show? Yes, he is. Or Damien Lewis. He has some fairly Neanderthal moments in Homeland. Uh, but yeah, I like a, the Neanderthals. I mean, you know, I, I feel like, partly responsible for their
0: demise. I'm like was a monkey man myself. Yeah, I mean,
2: we're both a little bit monkey.
0: <laughs> we have similarities. but it, you know, the Neanderthals were in Europe before the rest of us, mm-hmm. and that's why I think the BNP are kind of slightly <laughs> Neanderthalish. I think it's like that attitude: we go, we were here first, therefore right. we're the best. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, they, they were here, and then we came along, the Homo sapiens. Mm. Don't it's not it's a medicine. <laughs> Uh, and um, we kind of either killed them yeah. maybe had sex with some of them mm-hmm. thought a uh, bit weird <laughs> but you know I'm, I'm doing a show about men and what they'll have sex with and it's everything so yeah. like a Neanderthal is, that would be high. why were they living. thinking
2: er uh, because you see most of the things they thought er uh, I would probably be thinking oh <laughs> hairy I like a hairy woman I love a hairy woman you know I do uh, know
0: yeah and um, And it's very much I was talking to Rob Delaney very similar to you uh, I don't mind a
2: moustache a little downy moustache well people are hairy weird mammals sure and when people vilified Julia Roberts for not shaving at the Oscars I was in sexy heaven (laughs) (laughs) I was getting aroused every time there was a story about it I was thinking oh oh my goodness the pretty woman just got prettier (laughs)
0: It's nice to have because the hair traps a little bit of uh, scent. Yeah. That's well, not maybe, always a bad thing. Maybe
2: even a little bit of food. <laughs> so In arm Double pit. whammy, you can just have a little nibble. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, oh. But I,
0: I see you're trying to evade the question. Uh, not. sorry, sorry.
2: No, I'll get back to the question. an important uh, emergency question. The important question about which animal I would actually have sexual intercourse with if I had to to yeah, avoid you had to. to avoid the humane them. The humane them of your of my, of the humane children children safe from Living with, with a, tr- a Tory MP. <laughs> uh, God. Uh, it's quite hard, isn't it? Well, maybe a horse. Yeah. You know there's a film um, called The Beast. Have you ever seen The Beast? No. Oh, that's a good film. What's the name, uh, film nerds out there in the audience? they know. What's the name of the director? Of the Beast, La Bette? They
0: don't know. This is incredible. They're usually like Wikipedia.
2: It is... uh, I'm sorry that I can't remember. It's maybe a Polish director. Anyway, it's a good film. Actually, Jarvis Cocker likes this film as well. I found out that he uh, enjoys it. It's the kind of film that they used to show at the Scala a lot back in the day. Mm -hmm. And I think the ICA used to show it. And uh, anyway it has some very extended scenes of uh, horses mounting each other. Mm. And there's one very moving (laughs) (laughs) moment where a horse kind of uh, uh, dismounts. And, you know, it's very literally animal, obviously, when they're they're, um, making sweet, sweet horse love. (laughs) The horse on top sort of bites the mane of the other one. And, uh, I mean, it really is... Great. So
0: when you're having sex with this horse, are you the postman or are you the letterbox in this? Is, are you enjoying the idea of having a horse biting your hair? Or are you no, thinking, no, no. I'd, like to bite, I'd like to fuck a horse and bite its mane? If, if it would have to be quite a, sm- a Shetland I, pony or something. I'm not thinking something. it like that
2: because that's not romantic. I no. Would, I, I, yeah, no, I would, I would be giving the gift rather okay. than receiving the you know, gift. It's,
0: it's either way would count. I mean. I don't think anyone has yet taken. Because uh, in an history
2: animal. there's lots of. Who was the, the queen that Catherine
0: was, the Great. Right. Uh, apocryphally, I think, but she was meant to have died. Right. Meant to have died uh, by a, cro- a horse. Having falling. a
2: horse lowered onto. Well,
0: her. lowered to her, and then I think the. the, the uh, The rope broke. The harness broke. The harness broke, yeah. The nightmare scenario. None of it's true, I don't think. (laughs) Yeah. I think they were trying to discredit the idea of having a female's eye. It's a sort of a
2: sexist um, story as well, the idea that uh, a lady just... All she's imagining is a bigger and bigger willy. Yeah. And, um, you know, eventually she just has to get a horse lower down (laughs) (laughs) onto her. Whereas, actually, it's more truthful to think that a man like you, uh, would be going around thinking about just shagging anything that moved. <laughs> There's probably more men that have had sex with horses than there are women who have had sex with a horse. Don't yeah, you think? I
0: think that's definitely true. And now it looks as if I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I've unlocked something, and that's what's good about the emergency questions, is you learn something, you do everyone gets slightly right. off-centre off by them. Uh, I'm going to ask you the, this bet. one before I forget. Seek out. This bet. is this is the most important question. Google it. If you um, you can Google, but you might want you to have to I'm think hard about this. Yeah. Uh, if you had that, you've got I'm to choose between a hand made of ham. <laughs> one of your hands will be made of ham. Yeah, I heard this question yeah. before. No, you haven't heard the whole thing. Never um You could eat a bit of the ham. You could eat it. But it would. It doesn't grow. It'll grow back, but not immediately. So it's not like a. You know, a limitless source of food right but it's he's on the internet as he's listening to Valerian
2: Boracek I ah, think he pronounces his it name 1975 Labette: I recommend it
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you want to see some horses fucking wow um, that's the
2: tip of the iceberg <laughs> Sorry, yes, Catherine Catherine the Great had one of those. A hand made of
0: ham. ham. Uh, Or an armpit that dispenses sun cream of whatever factor you require, (laughs) but only like enough maybe for your uh, family's needs for a week. It would not be enough to go into a commercial selling of armpit sun cream.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, one if, of
0: the two things if it's
2: our family it would it would require a lot of some cream if there was, you know, if there was a if it was a sunny situation. Yeah. Because my wife insists on slavering every uh, exposed part of the children's yeah, skin. Well, that cream. is correct. That is correct, isn't it? It wasn't the case in our day, though. was no, it it wasn't. At all? It just got I mean, it was a badge supper. of uh, it was a badge of pride to come back and be able to remove an entire <laughs> layer of skin from your arm or your face. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a mask to strip it off. <laughs> Look at this. I was in <laughs> Corfu. <laughs> Peel your entire face off and, and then eat it.
1: <laughs>
2: chew, <laughs> chew it up like Hannibal So Did you ever get rude? Because I
0: once was um, on holiday with my uh, family when I, was, when I was growing up actually and we went to Devon and I was playing my nephew at Backgammon on the beach and it was really misty, right? There was just thick mist. couldn't see anything. We, got, we were separated from everyone else we couldn't find us. so I just played my nephew at Backgammon and was trying to just get money off of him. For money, because he was about fourteen and he didn't play backgammon, so I thought I'd steal some money off him. Uh, and uh, we just let you know I was sort of sitting in the same position, but it, obviously the sun was coming was being be, beating hot through this mist, through and I was there for three or four mist. hours. And then my whole leg kind of got sunburned, but then it turned like into plastic. Yeah, like completely. Oh. It was ama- i mean, it was Brilliant. just amazing, but i painful as hell. Yeah, really terrible but really good fun well, to Wicked, to yeah, exactly. is yeah. that, that what you're talking about love it yeah definitely
2: yeah. brilliant so anyway, so anyway uh, yeah, to answer was, your question though so again
0: we've got an interesting you know, I put, caught him off balance even though I was expecting it so it's a ham hand
2: yeah
0: you know any, if you want to know anything if you, I think you may have made up your mind I think
2: you uh, smoked ham glazed <laughs> ham Any? can you pick the kind of ham I think you'd
0: be allowed to pick but then you wouldn't be allowed to change it would stay the same kind of ham perpetually hmm. from there on in okay
2: I'd like a ham ham. Would you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I like ham.
1: Yeah.
2: And I, uh, I'm not fussed. I, you know, I've got uh, what my dad <laughs> and his generation used to unattractively call a touch of the tar brush, um, which means that um, my mum's South American. Oh, yes, that's true. So I'm sort of dark-skinned anyway. Yeah, so you don't need... To. Don't really need it. I've got natural tar brush protection. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: you'd be laughing with the ham
2: exactly and you know to me protecting myself from the sun is less important than uh, supplying my face with ham
0: yeah you'd be thinking when I was at school all those kids who laughed at me for having a Chilean mum or whatever it is exactly now look at them now I've got this ham hand
2: in your face (laughs) what are you snacking on (laughs) cuticles you fucking loser
0: Um, I've, I've got a new emergency question that comes out of last week, so we're gonna, we'll get back on to talking about your career soon. No. Um, when you eat, this comes out of last week. When you eat asparagus, um, does your wee then smell of asparagus? Obviously. It, does, doesn't, does it? No, it doesn't for everyone. Does uh, Dave Gorman knows a lot about this. Uh, and most people it does. Yeah. A tiny percent of people it doesn't. A tiny percent of people... It does, but they don't have the olfactory needs to be able to smell the wee. So they think that their wee doesn't smell, but it's just because their nose doesn't smell that smell. Hmm. But you you wee and it smells of...
2: Instantly. Yeah. Does... Cocoa... When co- when uh, what's the other one? Uh, cocoa puffs? Yes, yeah,
0: sugar puffs. Sugar puffs. When your wife eats asparagus, <laughs> does her wee smell of asparagus afterwards? And if you didn't know, <laughs> would she let you smell her wee to find out? <laughs> Or would you say you weren't allowed to? This comes out of last
2: week's show. That's a good question. Hmm. Thank you. That is the question I've been waiting, waiting for all my life. That's the kind of question that Joe wouldn't have entertained so much. He always, uh, he, he always resented my gravitation to the lavatory Conversa- conversationally. Oh, do we always have to end up talking about the toilet, he would say. Yeah. Uh, and to which the answer was Yes. <laughs> Yes, we do. My theory is that it's a great leveller. Yeah. You know? Uh, Anyway, I don't know. I hope she would let me smell it, but I never have had the opportunity. I was hearing you earlier on um, before the show started talking to the audience about your Dutch oven, a revolting Dutch oven that you had created. And uh, how long have you been married?
0: Uh, Seven months.
2: (laughs) Is it really only seven months?
0: Yeah. I've been together for five years, though. Sweet
2: baby Jesus. That is the dawn of... (laughs) your beautiful relationship yeah. and so at that difficult early stage are you not ashamed or worried about what your wife or your beautiful wife will think if you create a, st- a well i am i'm ashamed
0: of, of it but sometimes i can't help it yeah like if i'm asleep for example then i can't
2: but is it not an option just to? because sometimes what i do because still I, I i always feel as if uh you know i'm a romantic guy because if i've if I know I've got a revolting fart building up, then I'll go out to the lavvy yeah. to do it. Yeah, but actually... what if
0: you're asleep? You don't wake up. I, when I did one in my sleep that woke us both up. Yeah, I did that. Not, yeah, from, that. not from the sound, from yeah. the, the smell. And then once we woke up, it was, it was kind of really contained. It was only the like the very peripheral little tiny whisper had come out. Yeah. That was enough to wake us up. Then when we shifted in, in disgust, that unleashed... That's and right, then, it, then it doesn't shift. That's the, it just, yeah. Then it's
2: like hours later, it's still, it still... It hangs there like yeah. marsh gas. And, uh,
0: I like to go... I, if I usually do, I will usually go and sleep in another room. But this on this occasion, <laughs> both the other beds had people in them. and would. I mean, I think my wife would have been annoyed if I had, <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: you
0: know, A, just subjected one of her friends to that smell right. more than anything.
2: Because sometimes what happens is, you know, I'll be lying in, in the bed and you've got the duvet in a certain position and... and you think, well, if I let it escape incrementally over a period of time, then that, that, it'll sort of dissipate and it won't be a problem. And then you realise that that's not the case. Yeah. And actually, a toxic cloud has built up beneath the, uh, the duvet. And then you think, Jesus, I can't move now. Because if, if there's any movement from either party then there will be a, uh, a, a billowing, uh, wafting effect that yeah. will take place. The bellows. And then the game the jig will be up. So, yeah, it's very difficult. And so sometimes what I try and do is, with, my, <laughs> with the tip of my toe, I, I try and open up an exit <laughs> to allow to sort of channel the gas out. And then I create, use my leg as a kind of bellows. <laughs> wafting up and down with the uh, duvet to try and allow it to exit safely yeah. away from my wife Do, sometimes it works yeah, sometimes, sometimes it not so much
0: and sometimes you think well they're not in the, you know she's, she's in the bathroom yeah. got five and it's not minutes. the end
2: of the world I mean you know obviously she sort of goes oh come on or something like that you know I'm sort of chastised or oh, that's revolting but you sort of think uh, it's just one chink, chip away from the from the the, the romantic uh, Oh, Architects. They
0: don't like it. I mean, if, if you could find a woman who did like it, that might be the answer, but it's too late for us both now. If you could find we've, we've, we've settled down with someone who doesn't like a it. hairy woman who liked it. <laughs>
2: Imagine that. Imagine.
0: <laughs> with the sort of mane yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and horse like
2: teeth. Nah, hey.
0: <laughs> and I'll just ask you what I might come back to the emergency questions, but in case I don't, mm. have you ever seen a ghost?
2: No, I don't believe in no. ghosts. Has. Everyone I know and love believes in ghosts passionately. Oh, do they? Yeah, my my uh, close closest, nearest and dearest, all of them, all my friends seem to know, believe in ghosts. Have your
0: siblings? Any of your siblings ever seen a ghost?
2: Uh, no, I don't no. think so. Do they? I'd, I'd, do they I'd love they believe to. In? I'd love to see a ghost because you know, if you saw a ghost, <laughs> fucking hell, <laughs> you are sorted. Yeah. I mean, you uh, that change, It's a game changer because life after death, God exists. Everything is... It doesn't is... mean
0: God exists if there are ghosts. It Surely. It means the opposite. It means that when you're dead, you sort of float around in the world. There's no oh, God. Oh, really?
2: Well, to me, it, it would mean that uh, if, if that was possible, then anything else was possible, and sure, okay. why not God, you know?
0: Well, anything's possible.
2: It's not, though, is no.
1: it? <laughs> <laughs> there,
0: might, <laughs> there might be ghosts. Some people have seen them. I would love to have you.
2: No. No. I don't think they exist. <laughs> I mean that is a drag though, isn't it? But maybe it's because I'm closed. You see, this is what my friends tell me: is it's like, well, they're not going to show themselves to you because of your closed mind. Uh. My fuck
1: off! Come on!
0: (laughs) But if uh, I was a ghost, I would go after the closed-minded people. Well, exactly. I'd go right for them. I'd be shitting them up all over. Going, think you're so clever. I mean, I can
2: think of nothing that I'd like more than to see a ghost. I live out in the countryside and. uh, at one point I, I was doing a... And we're right out in the sticks here, so there's just fields around us. And when, when it's uh, dark and it's a moonless night, it is pitch black out there. And all there are are cows in the field. And I used to have to walk across the fields at the end of the night um, to get home sometimes if I'd been uh, working over at my studio or whatever. And it was terrifying, absolutely terrifying, but mainly because I was frightened of being trampled by cows. <laughs> Not so much being attacked by ghosts.
0: What if it was a ghost cow, though? You wouldn't wouldn't know, would you? (laughs) That would be the ultimate Because you (laughs) just walk it through and then you walk through the cow.
2: Yeah, and shag it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No mane, though, is it? You could stick a mane on it.
2: But still, some of those cows, wow. And just one more
0: peripheral question off of this. Have you ever seen a Bigfoot?
2: No, you, see, no. You, you should be asking Joe this. He's an expert. Has, he, he, seen, he, has loves, he seen one? I don't know if he's seen one, but he'd love to. He's obsessed by, by Sasquatch. Is Sasquatch the same as Bigfoot? Or oh, is, yeah, I think
0: it is. So I wouldn't have accepted if you'd said I've seen a Yeti. I would not have accepted. Oh,
2: okay. I Yeti. I'd I'm
0: not I mean, If you'd started the conversation, said,
2: Yeti." I don't want to know about Yeti. Where's the Yeti, the Yeti, the Yeti from? Is from
0: uh, you know, the Himalayas and stuff.
2: Ah, not snow, interested in that. Snow guy.
0: If you could be going, I've got an amazing story about a Yeti that I saw and spent some time with i go, not interested.
2: Do you remember the Sasquatch
0: episode I'm in the Sasquatch
2: of... Sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: t- I was just interjecting some no, bollocks into your bollocks. <laughs> do, you, do you remember the... Uh, that's a good medical procedure. <laughs> what we are doing here is interjecting bollocks into this man's bollocks. LAUGHTER um, do you remember the six million dollar man with Lee Majors? Yes, of course. Of course. Do you remember the Sasquatch episodes? Two parter. Don't remember it. Yeah, man. There was a big fucking Sasquatch, and uh, like it was—it was obviously a big, uh, not Richard Keel. I don't think right. who was the big go-to guy for scientific gi- roles. Yes. Uh, the humanoid he was in great film, um, but. It was uh, he was jumping around, and at first he was a bit like um, in uh, you know Jaws in the Bond film, starts out being a baddie, but actually in Moonraker they end up sort of uh, bonding. Yeah. But. This is, you see, this is a terrible tangent. This is why you should. Uh, this is why you should edit your podcast. <laughs> no, lose this is why. Whole, this is why you never edit the podcast. Lose the whole six million dollar man. No, this is the best shit. bit. One
0: that's, person out there loves this. Somewhat, they're not in the room. Let's face it, but <laughs> somewhere in the world. And that's what I'm aiming for. One person enjoying something. More than they than probably like. life been support, doing.
2: but almost <laughs> certainly it's on YouTube. And I remember it, it, it was. It made a big impression on me. And there's. Uh, it gets all weird and. Uh strange. So, you know, like how sometimes um, your favourite Saturday evening shows would get very, very high concept. Yeah. And there'd be a bit of magic realism in there or something and things would go... Like suddenly Mork would turn up on Happy Days or yeah. whatever. And your world would be turned upside down. Ha
1: <laughs> <laughs> ha.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's get
0: back to the Adam Buxton questions that no one else gets. Um... <clears throat> What
2: that no one else understands. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Tell me about Rolf Harris at the Glastonbury Festival. I would like to hear more about this story that I've only just learned the Have I not I told you about that? Don't actually. think so. No.
2: Surely I've just told that story millions.
0: It Maybe I've been know.
2: circumspect about it in the past, and now I'm not. Fussed.
0: But I'm just now more interested in in TV personalities from the seventies and eighties. I think it, put, it puts a new it <laughs> puts a new gloss <laughs> on it on everything
2: you hear because of Lee Majors. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I thought you railed against that kind of uh, retrospective Right, let's not fuck it (laughs)
0: Uh, I I, I can tell you about him though right
2: I I, uh, for what it's worth always thought he was a bit of a creepy fucker. right Uh, obviously one of one of uh, the world's great artists (laughs) no question and uh, a wonderful musician um
1: Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at UH1.com.
2: A weird, creepy man. Right. Uh, certainly not casting any aspersions whatsoever in the current climate. <laughs> <laughs> Happily married and uh, a, a wonderful charitable figure who no one could possibly think ill of. Oh, um, <laughs> but all I know is that he unnecessarily got very, very upset with Joe for saying that he seemed mildly autistic. <laughs> Only mildly. Joe didn't say it to his face. It, we'd interviewed him on, uh, on, on this... Um, on this uh, coverage of Glastonbury that we were doing I think in 2000 or something like that and he was one of those people that wandered through the BBC compound and some assistant producer sort of dragged him in front of us and said interview Ralph Harris and so we we're like oh, okay here we go and so we asked him to draw something you know which he probably wasn't excited about <laughs> and he certainly seemed very bored by both of us fair enough um And then right the way through, he was doing his noises and stuff while he was (laughs) drawing and all this kind of stuff and being, just being sort of weird and a bit weird and chippy with us. You know what I mean? Like, you know, who are you two stupid fuckers? Fair enough, I suppose you could say. But, you know, we didn't warm to him. And so when he went off, the next link we did, uh, Joe sort of said, yeah, Rolf Harris, there you go. He seems sort of mildly autistic, doesn't he? (laughs) Uh, But... Unfortunately, that was going out live, and and Rolf happened to be he he happened to be in front of a monitor elsewhere on the compound.
0: Yeah, that's the problem with TV. It does go out into the world. (laughs) It can't just stay stuff on it. It's not like this podcast. You can say what you like on here. No one, no one will
2: hear. People hear it and see it. And so he saw that uh, comment being made, got very upset (laughs) because you know autism is a is a serious thing, and he Mm -hmm. is a uh, a prominent patron of an autism charity and he wrote to the BBC (laughs) and uh, he wrote to I think Stuart Murphy who was then head of um, BBC Choice as it was then BBC Three as it is now and said I want a uh, proper apology for that comment otherwise I'm not going to do any more programs for the BBC and uh, so Joe... He's not gonna thank me telling me telling the story. (laughs) Joe had to write him a letter and, and you know, like properly apologize. But then when I've told this story in the past, Joe sort of gets quite antsy and says, Listen You said uh, that some band took a load of cocaine live on air, so we got in trouble for that as well. And I'm sure that's possibly true. We were both uh, loose-tongued and stupid.
0: Yes, well, uh, I'm still loose-tongued and stupid. We had to, me and Stu, um, did a sketch in which I portrayed Big Daddy, another figure from the 70s and 80s, (laughs) who I understand was a bouncer at uh, Jimmy Savile's clubs in the North. Wow. Uh, there's a there's a there's a whole kind of underworld thing of, of uh, like something criminally single... dodgy going on with the the, the nightclubs or I something, mean, yeah. you know, the the money behind them that I was reading about today. But uh, yeah. we did a sketch where I dressed. I don't, I don't even quite remember. I think it was on this morning, if not Judy, where I was dressed as Big Daddy, and it was quite a celebratory thing. And I was with you know in this stupid little leotard with Big Daddy on it, running around. Uh, and doing the thing of going bouncing off the ropes and bouncing off the ropes for then the third time getting the person I was going to get. I don't think it was particularly bad, but Big, big Daddy's widow, Mrs Crabtree, got wind of what we'd done, and we, I, we had to write a letter apologising to her and saying how we were big fans of, of Big Daddy, which we, we were. And Stu said um, he remembered his gran went to one of the wrestling matches and Big Daddy had Jane, giant haystacks down on the on the... Tarpaulin and uh, his grand was hitting uh, big uh, giant haystacks with a handbag. <laughs> Didn't have, that didn't happen he just made that up <laughs> <laughs> that was like on World Sport every week and that was <laughs> like some old woman getting up and need to, but we had, we had to we had to apologise and he was,
2: he was proffering that by way of apology <laughs> <Yeah>. was <it?
0: laughs> he was just trying to say what big fans we were so <laughs> he sort of sarcastically I hope she's I'm kind of assuming she's dead now so she won't be now now upset now we've, I've revealed that we like we sort of gave a slightly sarcastic apology but it was kind of you know but then we went a bit over the top it was a bit over the top man it was
2: strange Uh, you know obviously everyone's appreciated the fact that the the, the 70s were a very strange time for uh, light entertainment and the kind of people that we were entertained by I mean I remember my dad coming into the room when we would watch Jim will fix it and just saying look at that loathsome (laughs) creep (laughs) And we'd be like, Dad, that's Jim. All fuck's sake! I just wrote to the guy to ask if I could take a bath in a load of um, Smarties. So will you just? I asked on. if
0: I could fuck a horse.
2: <laughs> but it turns out that my dad realised.
0: So I was going to talk about your dad, because you work with your, you. use your dad in a lot of your stuff, and it's a great comic effect.
2: Sometimes. I, was, I, I saw my sister, actually, just before coming here, and uh, we were talking about our plans for Christmas, and she was um, saying that she wasn't sure she could face the traditional barrage of negativity from my dad. <laughs> that we're always exposed to every time we get together as a family and he is i don't know why exactly because i mean there's a lot of uh, lyrical and romantic things about my dad in a way but he's fucking negative about it <laughs> and the whole point of getting him involved with the adam and joe show when we used to do it was was to try and convert him and to help him understand or appreciate some of the things that we really loved because he was that much older. I mean, he's 87 now, I think. So he was that much older than a lot of my friends' dads. Yeah. And there was really no question of him being into any of the things that we were into. So we were trying to kind of convert him. And and actually, we really failed. (laughs) Uh, But... And, you know, he was, pretty, he was pretty down on a lot of the stuff that we were excited about. To the extent that I think a couple of times Channel 4 said, listen, he, he's got nothing good to say about anyone. Can you possibly go back and ask him just to think of one positive thing to say about something? Otherwise, it's going to be very depressing. So uh, I think we went, back, we went back and asked him to be more positive about Supergrass. And uh, he, there was a video with Gaz from Supergrass on a pogo stick. I think it was uh, all the time, na, 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 whatever that song was. Um, and uh, he said, well, I suppose it's, it's, uh, when they're on the pogo sticks, it reminds me a little <coughs> bit of Tigger. <laughs> because they're bouncy, 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 <laughs> bouncy, fun, 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 fun. <laughs> And that was it at gunpoint. That was all we could... That was the most positive thing we could get out of out of him was that Gaz reminded him of Tigger.
0: But it's a big set. I, mean, I was thinking, because my dad is, like, unintentionally hilarious, as most dads are, I think. Yeah. My dad is... A- a buffoon, and, 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 and you know, I'm happy to kind of base characters on him, and I'm happy. And like at my wedding, as uh, people will know, my, there was mints and lip balm on the on the tables. <laughs> <laughs> my, my dad ate the lip balm, <laughs> thinking it was cheese. Right? So he's very he's very funny when <laughs> uh, my. At my parents' golden wedding, I do a routine that comes out of my parents' golden wedding when my grandma's gets covered in glitter, which you can see on what is love anyway. But at that same thing, my dad got, got up to do a speech about being married to my mum for 50 years, in which he didn't really mention my mum very much at all. <laughs> and then he got sort of sidetracked very early on. And he said, when David was born, that's my oldest brother, he says, of course, the, we had a private room, because I'd been teaching the the... the the doctor, uh, I'd been teaching his son uh, mathematics as a private, and he gave me this private room. Of course, the son then went on to become a suspect in the Yorkshire Ripper case. <laughs> and my dad talked, and then he went on about the story for quite a long. It turned out he was just when he got older that he was suspected of being. It turned out he wasn't the Yorkshire Ripper, but he, he was. He was questioned, yeah. but my dad spent about five minutes telling this story. Didn't really say anything about my mum. He talked more about the Yorkshire Ripper. In his 50th attic, I would say that's the thing you're not going to expect. So he's very good you know. comedic value, yeah. but I would I'd be worried about you know putting him on air in yeah. case stuff like that. I mean, you think you know? My dad thinks he, he says to me. He's been saying to me years. You know, I should manage you. You know, he should, he right. should, he should manage me because uh, he doesn't think my management's doing a good... It would be better if a seventy-five 76-year-old ex-headmaster who has knows nothing about show business yeah. was my manager. Then we would do better. Because I did a gig, and not that many people came. He said, how much should you get paid for doing this? I said, well, they got quite a good deal. They got me, like, £1,000 for doing the gig. And he said, oh, dear, that's not on, though, is it? Because the theatre will have lost money as a result of you doing this. <laughs> you should give them some of that money back. I say, like, I don't really want you being my manager. That's not... Like, what I want from my manager isn't someone with a sense of decency. Okay,
1: that's,
0: that's not fair. So, he's you know, he's... My dad is similarly amusing, as yours is, I think, as well. i uh, would dad... be worried about putting him out there.
2: Yeah. Does your dad like what you do, though?
0: Well, he sort, of, sort of. Yeah, I think he sort of does. I mean, he thinks he's funnier than I am, and he's only fu- but he's only funny by accident, whereas I... Um, uh, so, very funny on purpose, but, you know, he is a kind of this kind of massive... I mean, I think, like, most of our families, right? I think most people, families are eccentric yeah, to them, you know? Sure. when sure. Because we get to know them better than anyone else. I just... I, I kind of admire you for taking that chance and putting him It was him out difficult
2: then. because, um, you know, well, it was Louis uh, Theroux that we went to school with who mm. suggested that we should, we should do it in the first place. right. Because uh, every it was our Christmas Eve uh, routine that we would gather at my house (laughs) in Clapham, and Joe and Louis would come over, and we'd all get a bit pissed on this uh, kind of sparkling wine that my dad would produce, Lindauer, it's called. And um, then, uh, and my dad loved Louis because you know he was sort of from a kind of literary. Family and 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 sort of respectable, you know. Louis was doing well, and he was always bound for greatness. And me and Joe are just twats, so he would sort of ignore us and uh, and just monologue at Louis, you know. And 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 me and Joe would sit behind my dad making faces at Louis, making kind of blowjob faces and stuff. And then, uh, but Louis would always chuckle and say, "Oh man, you should put your dad on your show. That's the thing to do." So we tried it, but then I thought... Uh, I, found it, I found it painful, you know, because I don't have, like, a very close, touchy-feely relationship with my dad, really. Yeah. It's not what my family's like. And so uh, if you're in a kind of professional situation, things get complicated anyway, no matter who you're working with. And if it's your dad, then it's <laughs> even more difficult. When we were in Ibiza, I remember we went to... Uh, <laughs> One one trick that my dad used to do, like during the day, we'd hang out and go to the beach and stuff. And uh, Joe busted my dad taking uh, photographs of topless women,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> totally unashamedly. You sort of sit there and occasionally just go, "Oh my goodness!" <laughs> get out, get out of, <laughs> get out of big fucking SLR and <laughs> point it. There you, there you go. Wonderful, wonderful. Look, and his creepy catchphrase was, she's got nice eyes. So, Dad, she's miles away. What are you talking about? She's got lovely, lovely eyes. And so, my, so Joe would be saying, Mr. Buxton, that is really not appropriate. Can you not do that? And then that would put me in a weird position because I'd be like, Joe, man, it's my dad, don't... Like, he's not total sex... but He is a sex bubba, but don't be... Please, can we... uh." And then we'd end up uh, filming... We we went and filmed in a club called Space in... um, Is it Space? No, that's the show. Space is the club in Ibiza. And, you know, it was a long night and uh, we hadn't really got that much stuff because my dad was so appalled by the whole scene that he he was just grumpy about it and again it was this sort of tirade of, of negativity that we, we had to kind of minimise and uh, Joe said go and there was, there was a guy sort of dancing semi-naked with a tiny little thong on a very kind of muscly guy on, uh, all, all greased on a podium kind of thing grooving around <laughs> and Joe got him to come over and like start grooving around with my dad and wrapping <laughs> himself around my dad and my dad fucking freaked out <laughs> Me. Oh, no, no, no. Absolutely not. No. That's beyond a joke. That is not amusing in any way. And then... Uh, so I, we ended up in the car park outside space with me saying to my dad, Listen, Dad, you are not being professional. You are being totally unprofessional. And he... Flipped out! Don't you dare call me unprofessional! <laughs> you know, because suddenly I was his son again, rather than his employer. And <laughs> it was very fraught the whole yeah. thing.
0: That's why I wouldn't like to have my dad yeah. in my it's, stuff. It's it's hard.
2: Having said that, more than more often than not, he was a total trooper, and he, you know, and and uh, he inhaled when it was <laughs> when it was uh, asked of him. So yeah.
0: And talking of breasts and I think that video, I'm very much enjoying the music videos that you put out, which I think some of them come from your TV, your Sky Show. Oh, from Bug, yeah. Um, and, uh, but the, the, uh, the one about uh, the, my amazing, oh, music amazing music video, vi- which song. your dad's in, right? That, is that your dad in yeah, that? Yeah, he pops
2: up in that and he pops up as well in the um, video we did for Summertime Blues by Guitar Wolf, which oh, Garth yes. directed yes, with me on also. a beach with uh, Dodging Explosions. Yes, he, that's awesome as well. That is an awesome uh, But they are, they're very...
0: I think you kind of want to watch these. They get stuck in your head, the songs always, and you want to watch them loads and loads of times, so they're amazing. But what I wanted to ask you about that was... Uh, this is a spoiler. Don't listen to this... At the end of the, uh, the video, yeah. the lady woman in the video takes yeah. her top off. Sif Augusts. Yes, and reveals... Is it the same woman who would write the, you at the Six Music? That's right, the Ice yeah.
2: the ice Queen. Yeah, okay. the Ice Maiden.
0: She, takes, she finally takes her clothes off at the end yeah. and, and reveals that she, instead of breasts, she has penises. Tit cocks. Yes. <laughs> but in real life, did you get to see her actual
2: tits? Uh, no, I oh. was very keen that she shouldn't feel more uncomfortable than she needed to so we put also for uh, tracking purposes um, we put big bits of coloured tape we put some cocks on
0: her <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't I feel uncomfortable so you taped her up
2: no I mean you know I don't, I, 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 it's my nightmare to uh, I mean I guess I was taking the piss a little bit in that moment of videos that did seem to rely on uh, getting women to take their tops yes. off it just seems like a lazy fallback position really in this day and age and I can't believe that so many directors still do it uh, but you know then if you take the piss out of that you are presented with the uh, reality of doing exactly the same thing <laughs> asking a lady to take her top off Yes. Uh, so yes I, I sort of agonised about it and said listen you know I don't want you to feel uncomfortable and uh, let's put these, are you okay with these big bits of tape and is there any way I could actually put them on myself um, and she was very nice about it. And uh, no, I, I wasn't allowed to put Aww. it on myself. A makeup lady well, did it. Oh, uh, good.
0: <laughs> I am disappointed in you. <laughs>
2: um, and uh, I was going, cool. well, let's talk
0: about Adam and Joe. Yeah. Um, in the 1990s, did you see Lee and Herring as your big uh, BBC2 <laughs> rivals?
2: Well, yeah. <laughs> we, we were very jealous of you. Were and really? Yeah, I remember... Uh, being really very envious of the fact that you to to us you seemed like the mainstream (laughs) like the established comedians, there was a magazine at the time called Deadpan, I think, and you were on the cover of that and I remember very clearly uh, the headline there was a picture of you guys sort of walking down the street like a couple of rock stars and it said, attack, attack, attack all hail the new heroes of comedy or something like that and I just thought, fuck those bastards.
0: And then next issue, Deadpan won't bust. <laughs> it's, I think it's the only front cover I've ever been on of anything.
2: <laughs> no, it lasted, it lasted a few, and I remember, I remember being very impressed by that. And then impressed by the levels of um, ingenuity in your, in your TV show. And I think we, we wanted to do a, a, a thing where we had flash frames of information at the end of the parts of our show, just before the ad break. But then you guys did exactly the same thing, very cleverly, and then we so we agonised for ages, like shit. We're, this is just going to be like a total rip off of Lee and Herring? Uh, what are we going to do? And I mean, it, it was. But then I think we, we, we talked to a few people, and it was one of those things where people just said, "Oh, don't worry, no one watches." <laughs> but it was. I mean, we we, we very much felt like sh- shit. We're just we're kind of ripping them off, really. Um. What
0: we wanted to do, which I'm, what I wanted to do, what we weren't allowed to do in the end, was to use because um, I wanted to be so multi-layered that Fist of Fun yeah. that I wanted these to have c subtitles which would said different things than the actual show. Yeah. I was prepared to go and write like completely different c subtitles Absolutely. in a completely yeah. different show. Well, that was the thing that <laughs> but they wouldn't let us do it. They said if we could. They would, there was a point where they said, "Well, you can only do it if you have the actual." Think as well because it won't be fair on people who are deaf. Right. To, to, it's sort of like a joke on the deaf if you just. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: but I kind of like the idea, but then it would just have been literally the whole screen would have been the real thing and the thought. It would have been a bit too confusing, probably.
2: Yes, I did a video called Signing for the Deaf um, with sort of mistranslations of, of what a, a signing guy was saying, and there was quite a few deaf people who were very irritated by it. Right. Probably with good reason. <laughs> But um, anyway, uh, <laughs> no, we, we, we were very jealous, and, and uh, but we shared the same we, we shared the same desire to um, you know make it as dense as possible, yeah. you know, like uh, to, to cram as much stuff in as we could. Like we always loved the fact that the Simpsons had so many little jokes going on in the background. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and tiny little details and stuff, and I think we, we related to that the same way that you Well, we heard. just
0: had, well, we've got, we just brought we've all of our stuff out on DVD eventually. It's available from Good job. Uh But we kind of did want to ju- I mean, there was so much. we had way too much stuff. I think that was the problem with VistaFun in the end, actually, that we, yeah, didn't, I mean, we the, couldn't fit it all in. It was all too long, we had to take loads of stuff out of it and it didn't all fit in. Well, you're the your Strip.
2: own worst enemy in, a lot of the time, aren't you? Uh, because it, it, it um, alienates a lot of people, I think, in the end. And we, I, I remember when Trigger Happy TV came out and did very well. Me and Joe were sort of envious of, of his crossover success. But, and we sort of thought, fuck, you know, he's, he's had the guts to just, and this is not to damn with faint praise, but he's had the guts to do one thing, really well, he's just done that one thing kind of over and over again in different ways, yeah. and that is how you sort of engage with people's imagination and, and, and it gets inside their head and, and becomes a kind of popular meme, I suppose Yeah. whereas, but, but we never really could have done that, you know, we always wanted to just do uh, as many little complicated, stupid, prattish, <laughs> obscure, <laughs> in-jokey things as we could so
0: oh, well, didn't, huh. I didn't Really like what you were doing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> didn't, didn't really know you were now, did I? <laughs> Just think you mess around with toys and stuff. I'm sure
2: right? we bitched about each other yeah, no. uh, to to our own respect, <laughs> respective partners at the time. I
0: think it's kind of an odd thing because I think I, the thing I actually we did really bitch about was the 11 o'clock show, which we really hated.
2: Yeah, why did you hate it? Just
0: because it seemed so rubbish and late, and most of it and the stuff that people remember was good, which was Ali G, and uh, which took me a little while to get into. And there was, you know, there, it was just Ali G, but, there, but it just it <laughs> what just about seemed.
2: Ricky Gervais when he started? I didn't on really
0: it. see any of his stuff. I saw, I've seen like his chat. Was It a chat show he did first of all. Oh yeah, was which that was, that, that
2: wasn't very good. But no. I remember some of the things that he did on the eleven o'clock show were sort of. But good. that was
0: kind of later, wasn't it? That was sort of. Because they went I think the thing we envied actually was just that the channel Four got so behind it, the yeah. eleven o'clock show, and the BBC really hated us and didn't get behind us, and right. we kind of got taken off the air and then reluctantly renewed. And even now, when we're trying to put the DVD out, they're kind of cutting things out of it. And so it's all, it's all kind of you know they just didn't like us, whereas the 11 o'clock show, just however bad it was. Channel 4 relentlessly put it out again and again and again until until it got good, or until bits of it got good. well so I, I think we envied that, really. We
2: had this thing that uh, called the Lame Pranksters that we used to do on our show, on uh, like the last series that we did, that was basically their 11 o'clock show of just going out. <laughs> I remember one. There, there was one thing that Daisy... Daisy Donovan, was it yeah. called? Went out and, and she would... Uh, she had a bit of shit on a microphone. Right. And she would sort of thrust it under people's noses and that was it. It was yeah. like... W- <laughs> Will they talk to her even with a bit of shit on the microphone? It's like, well, yes, because most people are generally nice, <laughs> <laughs> and they want to do, they want to be nice, yeah. So,
1: uh,
2: <laughs> what a bunch of twats!
0: Yeah, well, then the Channel Four thing did, you know, balls of steel, which was then ten times worse than that kind of. <laughs> it, was, it was just yeah. horrible things of nice people doing decent things, being treated like they were idiots. Yeah, exactly. You hey, <laughs> fucking
2: moron! you fell for it. <laughs>
0: yeah. And that was mainly about putting shit places, as far as I can remember. Anyway, people don't seem to like us having to go, oh, terrible television. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's stop doing that. Well, I think the thing, you did those kind of, you did some well, stunty sounds- things like that, I suppose, that were those in that area, the very yeah. funny thing of the... Eating the free twenty-five percent. Twenty percent free. Yeah, yeah,
2: that was good. Although we weren't really cut out for it, you know, we were we were seeing all these things happening on TV elsewhere and thinking, shit, we should do that. That's what people like. Uh, But we weren't really good at it, you know. Most of the time, if I was filming it, my hand was shaking so much that a lot of the footage was barely usable. I think there's even one bit where Joe actually steadies the camera and says, "Easy, man." And uh, I remember being quite annoyed about that. It's like, well, I'm fine, I'm cool, I'm totally cool.
1: <laughs> I want to go, I hate this. Uh,
2: but that was, that was a walk in the park compared to this thing called uh, You Break It, You Pay For It that we did, oh, where yeah. we, um, there was, <laughs> someone pointed out to us that some, you know, shops have signs that say You Break It, You Pay For It, right? Uh, like if it's a China shop work knock something over, you have to pay for it. So we went to this shop in, uh, in The Cut, in uh, near Waterloo, if mm. you know that. And um, China shop. And so we went in there with hammers. <laughs> and we smashed up as many things as we could. While this uh, lady, like an old lady who was working there behind the counter, quaked with fear yeah. and called the police. <laughs> As you fucking would. If two wankers came into your shop with hammers and started smashing things up. And one of the wankers was filming it. We'd okayed it with the, with the manager of the shop, but the lady who was working there didn't know anything about it. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Poor woman was really upset. And it was horrible. It was a horrific experience. And we knew it was going to be horrible before we did it, but we had, to, we had like, th- six minutes that we had to fill. <laughs> We'd run out of toy movies or whatever. That was the thing. It used to take us so long to do the toy movies that yeah. the rest of the show, we just had to do any old bollocks. <laughs> and then, um, so we did it. It was absolutely awful, and the cops turned up, and, then, uh, and, and this guy turned up as well He was a friend of the manager or whatever and he didn't know what was going on he's like what the fuck are you doing fuck off get out fucking stop filming you might fucking smash that camera in your face you twat and I was shitting my pants and then the cops turn up and, and then we had to say oh, I'm, so, I'm so sorry officers um, we're doing a t- uh, we're, 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 we're doing a, a TV show it's uh, yeah, com- comedy show for Channel 4 uh, Adam and Ad, Ad, Joe show really sorry um, it's a prank, it's like a prank. For it's like a fun prank. Um, we had to sit there with the lady for hours and hours, and we went and we, we sort of bought everyone drinks afterwards and tried to say to apologize, but it did was you horrific. Write a, did
0: you write a letter to, to apologize? Actually, we didn't,
2: but we should have done. I mean, probably she, now she could sue, I would think. And, uh, yeah, for she an could reasonably trauma. sue, yeah, for emotional distress with, with good reason. It was awful. And after that, I just think. Um, and we, I mean, we didn't want to use it, but in the end, we literally had to use it because we didn't have enough stuff to go on the show. But I'm ashamed of it, you know, and uh, wish that we'd never done it. Oh. <laughs> What I think you're story. to blame.
0: I think the eleven o'clock show and the uh, balls of steel saw that. Thought, let's do a whole series <laughs> of that, just <laughs> smashing people's stuff they've taken ages making, yeah. <laughs> and then just chuck some. It is kind of Bullingdon Club, really, isn't it? It's like uh, yeah. David Cameron and uh, Boris Johnson kind of people. They were there uh, <laughs> going into <laughs> restaurant and smashing it up, and then just going,
2: "There's your fucking money." But its is it different if you film it?
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's the well, question. Well, it's kind of more stupid, because yeah. then you're incriminated within it, whereas at least David Cameron can pretend he had nothing to do with that.
2: Now. Because if, like, when Jackass came out, I was sort of, um, you know, reluctantly admiring some of the things that they did that I would never have the balls to do. Yeah. But then a lot of the time, still, I felt, it, it, it came down to that thing of, well, just people are being nice, and you're being twats. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Indeed, and... um uh, I just the uh, song was as fantastic quickly just want to I mean it must take you so long to do those in the end it must have been ridiculous but the bit the thing that I was just well there's 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 um, two things because I was watching a video we had the same thing but what I love at the end of the birthday song you did oh yeah which is a very light birthday song <laughs> yeah it's like <laughs> I, I wanted to play it when we had the six music show and they didn't have a copy of it anyway which seemed ridiculous because yeah. it was from the same show just at this this quite jolly song, and then at the end you just say, "Why can't we live forever?" <laughs> Which I just think, <laughs> I just think it's the funny. It makes me laugh every time. Just like the idea of having a birthday song.
2: Ends <laughs> 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 with an existential yell.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Why can't we live forever? Yeah. Why can we live forever?
2: <laughs> it was supposed to be like Brian Wilson crying out in agony at the prospect of his impending mortality. <laughs>
0: But they're just, there are things that you can listen to, and a lot of the song wars are like that. It's like yeah, Tim Minchin's song, about, um, which I talked to him about, about the uh, song for Phil Doust. Have you heard that where he does no. it? Oh, man, I think I talked to him about it, but it's, uh, it's, about, it's just about a bad review he got from Phil Doust in oh, The Guardian, and then he wrote it three years later, and it's just this kind of full-on uh, kind of destruction <laughs> of this journalist.
2: And I'm it makes be, me I'm going to be time. a twat and make yeah. like a note of that. Okay, there, listen,
0: listen out for it, it's fantastic. Tim but then Minchin. one of your songs that you did on the Art Sky show ends Why Can't Life Just Be All The Nice Parts. So you kind of yeah. like to end
2: songs That's with That's right. That was a little bit of a uh, re- <laughs> repeat. No, I, I changed it, I think, for the bug video version okay. that we did. Originally, it ended with me talking about I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Right. And I thought that was too uh, niche it's a funny. reference. I wanted it to you know, really uh, be understood by everyone across the world. <laughs> um, and because of that, I think it's got the lowest number of views of any video I've ever done. <laughs> I like it. I like that. I like the, thanks,
0: th- the man. philosophy.
2: Counting song. Thanks, man.
0: Mike's Mike Stover. Well, that's a
2: viral smash thanks to, I mean, a modest viral smash. But, but thanks to Syriac, really. Because he's, he's got like millions of um, fans, and quite rightly so. So more or less everything he does goes viral. We were kind of coasting on his coattails. But, uh, no, it's good. I, I was pleased with that in the end. The end is dark. When I sing it to my daughter sometimes. So <laughs> I genuinely sing it to my daughter, who's four years old. And, like, when, when, when I'm, I read her a story and then she says uh, I have to sing her a song, and for a long time I would sing The Laughing Gnome by David Bowie. <laughs> and then after a while she got tired of that and I'd have to start customising it and uh, say The Laughing Gnome Princess... Um, and then after, after a while she got tired of that and then I, I was like reaching for anything that I could sing her and I started singing the counting song to her and which ends with how does it end with me sort of saying oh yeah and then suddenly you die
1: <laughs> um,
2: just, I don't
1: like
2: that. I don't like that bit daddy <laughs> those words aren't very good I want next time you sing it change those words <laughs> So, yeah, I'm having to customise it when I sing it to her. But
0: if you get onto YouTube or whatever and start looking, you get just trapped for... I mean, A, I kind of have to watch them all back about ten times because they're so... It just, I, don't know how you, I don't know how you manage to do this. It's annoying when people have a genuine talent, I think. I don't think that's... As a comedian, I don't find that is fair. I think you've got to try and work with what you've got and you can do these amazing videos that are genuinely amazing uh, and, uh, it's, and songs that are really catchy. It's ridiculous. But anyway, an emergency question... Uh, if Frankie Boyle is the Mick Jagger of comedy, <laughs> the outspoken voice of disenfranchised youth dehumanised by the press and feared by parents nationwide, if he is that and Mick Jagger is that, or Muck Jagger. Muck Jagger. yeah, <laughs> And Dave Gorman is Ringo Starr and every man well-known providing entertainment in a variety of guises, but still gives the impressions he'd be incredibly polite if he ever met your mother, if Dave Gorman is that and Ringo Starr is that, then who are you... And what attributes do neither you or the person you are like have?
1: <laughs> if
0: and so I'm not asking who are you like. Right, it's all. Almost- I'm asking if Frankie Boyle is McJagger. Yeah. And Dave Gorman is Ringo Starr, but the McJagger is like that, and the Ringo Starr is like that. Then who are you, and what are you and they like, if that is the case? Quite a hard question. Fucking hell! It's a new emergency question.
2: Well, okay. Well, I I I can say then that he's uh, Boyle is not like McJagger.
0: Well, um, but if he is like McJagger, no, No, you said it is. If it starts, here but you have to accept that this is the case. Oh, that's the
2: premise. If Frankie Boyle is is McJagger and
0: McJagger is like that, okay, so he's not McJagger. Right. Or McJagger, Jagger, he's just a bloke who's like that and, and Frankie Boyd is like him yeah. and Dave Gorman is like Ringo Starr but he's like a Ringo Starr who's nothing like Ringo Starr
2: right. then exactly. who are you
0: like and why and in what ways are you what who are you like yeah. if those things are true and what attributes to neither you or the person you like have
2: I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna go,
0: <laughs> and then I have to write that whatever you say down, and then next week that is part
2: of the question. as well. Right. I, I I used. To, I, I think I actually gave this some thought before I even knew about that review. <laughs> right. like, like years ago, I remember thinking about what uh, what comedians like. If comedians were like bands, what bands would they be like? And I remember thinking that you and Stuart would be like The Fall. And so, what would we be like? We'd be. I remember thinking, me and Joe would be like Shed Seven.
0: <laughs> and what kind of Shed Seven would they be? <laughs> I, yeah. No, you would. Be, you would be half of Shed Seven. I'd be Rick. Witter. So you'd be Shed Three and a Half.
2: Yeah. You'd be Rick Witter. I'd be Rick Witter. And Joe what, would just be the other sheds.
0: Okay. And what would? And how would you describe garden, Rick
2: Witter? Garden shed. Um, Rick Witter, how would you describe him?
0: If Frankie Boyle is... So now, if Frankie Boyle's Mick Jagger, and Mick Jagger's like that, right. and Dave Gorman's Ringo Starr and Ringo Starr's like that, you are Rick Witter, but what are you like that's not like Rick Witter?
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> A,
0: if uh, you say anything that is like Rick Witter, we'll have to start. If anything you say <laughs> is recognizably something that Rick Witter is like, I don't know him that well, but if any, we will have to start again with a new person. So think very carefully about
2: your next move. I'm, handsome, re- I'm ready. To... Dark skinned. Handsome. That yeah.
0: I think it's alright if some of the things are... Because some of the things that Ringo Starr is like, Dave Gorman is a bit like. Yeah. So I think it's okay... I think it's okay if some of the... Th- I'm not saying you're handsome. Yeah. But it's okay if some of the things are not you. But I don't think any of them could be things that you'd recognise.
2: A sort of faded facsimile of something good. About faded <laughs> And would you be able to take that person
0: home to meet your mother? Do you think, or yeah, because who
2: you could introduce to your mother? Thank you. Who you could introduce to your mother? (laughs) Although your mother would probably say afterwards, who is that man? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. Nothing against Rick Witter; he's a very talented man. Well, no, it's not. This isn't. This is not. This is the opposite. What you're actually saying is you
0: couldn't. Exactly. Rick Witter, you exactly. couldn't have your mum and your That's mum right. wouldn't be able to say anything because she wouldn't have met him. <laughs> I've got to write this down, so... Good, that will come, and Russell Howard will be asked about that. And so it will go on. In the end, it'll become like a sort of Norse story, the whole podcast. In the end, there'll be so much information to get through in this, I'll, uh, I'll probably have to start before the podcast will be in the dressing room going, no, I've just got to prep you with uh, the long story of, yeah. uh, of what all the comedians are They'll like. that have the, to
2: read the Bible of the show beforehand.
0: And what if I get Frankie Boyle on? Or Mick Jagger or Ringo Sweet Starr?
2: Sweet Jesus, the whole thing would implode.
0: <laughs> if you are, I'd have to say, Matt Frankie, if you are Mick Jagger... <laughs> good, well, it's good to have that. And, um... I don't know how long we've done. 94. 94. Wow, we're going for the record. Come on, then. Let's uh, <laughs>
2: shall we press on? Um... I've got to get up at seven a.m. No, I've got to get up at six to be on set at seven Ooh. for Kevin Eldon's. Uh, oh, i Kevin Eldon's show. Thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be a caveman tomorrow.
0: See, it's like Kevin Eldon. All the stuff I did with him, and he never asked me to do anything. And then he asked you from the.
2: Rival yeah, but I've thing. asked him. He's been in. Uh, he's in been in stuff. Load. That... I've, I've created yeah, but a but yeah, but yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wrote. But you're being
0: I could have camera. I could have camera yeah
1: I know but, yeah.
2: <laughs> come on so how's this new six music show going yeah really good I've listened to it. it's just a first I've just done the first one yeah
0: um, back on six music back on six back music back in the traditional Collins and herrings. What everyone Collins everyone knows it that. I know I know we well, kind of, of made people. it our own and people said well, let's try and replace one of Colin's Herring with yeah. someone else <laughs> I know which, Should we replace Herring? yes, everyone that's what everyone would want uh, so it's quite,
2: it's sort of similar what they've done with you so, uh, but it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean a lot of people said to me why don't you, why don't you uh, co-host with Rich? yeah we talk about we a lot right and I said uh no he's very he's a very bitter guy we just end up talking about him and his hang ups and I don't want to do that uh no I s- people are laughing because that's true um, <laughs> I just thought it would be... I sort of instinctively felt that it was a stupid idea to do it with someone who was in any way like Joe. Uh, so I was sort of going as far away from that as possible. thought it would be... You know, I, I had a kind of uh, residually good impression of Edith having heard her and seen her around and thought she was a nice person and thought it would be good to do the show with a, a lady, woman. And... Um, <laughs> So, you know, I mean, I feel a bit of a twat in some ways because it's like um, going back in that same slot just feels a bit daft, really, because it just sort of begs comparison to the... Stuff the, the show as it was with Joe, but it's like you know the, the the show with Joe was sometimes good, but sometimes it was pretty stupid and rubbish as well. <laughs> so if there are moments that are good uh, uh, for the next seven weeks with uh, with Edith, then that'll be good. I mean, I, the fact is that I just miss doing it so much, you know, and I love doing it so much with Joe. And unfortunately, Joe's now so busy that he can't do it.
0: Believe me, when the year we were in that slot, every people wanted. I think they would have been happy with one of you, maybe just half of one of you, uh, even the lower half of yeah. one of you, just farting into a microphone. Maybe. They've been very happy. Well, so I'm sure people are very happy. Hap- Do you not think of doing... I mean, it's kind of so close, this already, to being Adam and Eve, that you uh, could, if yeah. you, could you have not just... The only person I could think of, though, if you, is Eve Pollard.
1: Eve Pollard.
2: Well, I don't know. Maybe I that would be I can't think of amazing. any other
0: Eves. I mean, Me, apart from Eve from the Bible, but that would be... Yeah. No, I mean, that would, that would add a kind of new layer to the joke. Oh, uh, See, it's Adam, hey, it's us, Adam and Eve, and <laughs> it is actually Eve. I mean, you know, it sounds like a joke thing, but I've actually tracked down Eve. That's right, the first and lady. She's,
2: and instead I mean, really,
0: it should have just got Adam as well. He was there, it was a bit embarrassing. I a
2: uh, sort of cheeky snake instead of Boggins. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, or Trevor Eve.
0: Oh, Trevor Eve,
1: yeah. <laughs>
2: I've got
0: to do it. Can you just do one episode? <laughs> still pay Edith Bowman. Maybe she can be there as well. But yeah. then, he, but it's you and Trevor. <laughs> <laughs>
2: let's let's make it happen.
0: Okay, you're not allowed to talk about shoot shoestring. That's but that has to be part of the rule. Um, I oh, could go for. E- I've got some Evas, so it would still Adam and Eva. Right, e- Eva or Herzog- whatever her name is. Her- Longoria, Bosnia Hertzog Longoria. Braun, Eva Braun from. Oh uh, yeah, from I could probably do <laughs> good there Eva six from the um, 1950s sort of beach films. When did you
2: write these ideas down?
0: <laughs> She's probably dead. Eva Cassidy she is. dead. <laughs> I've also written down. I don't know why. <laughs> I've just seen this. I've written "Do it in the nude." <laughs> I guess because Adam and Eve were naked. I guess that's why I wrote that. I don't. I don't remember writing that. But it might, that might be a separate note, to be honest.
2: That, you know, that's not
0: about. Idea. Tonight, ideas for sex with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> In the new reminder, I've got a little dictaphone.
2: <laughs> ideas, darling. I've had an idea. <laughs> wrote mm. it down I thought tonight we yeah. could remove our clothes <laughs>
0: <laughs> have you ever tried to suck your own cock? <laughs> yeah
1: yeah <laughs> how would you
0: get on? you're a shortish man I'm guessing no
2: uh, I well, maybe uh, that makes it
0: easy because it's nearer I got a bit a little bit I could do a little bit
2: uh, well yeah don't want to be too graphic about it but you know I've got extending powers isn't <laughs> I have we've all got those <laughs> yeah but extension capabilities yeah sure it's a fun thing to do if you're a guy I mean at a certain point you think obviously that would be good yeah. so let's try <laughs> I guess women don't do that do they no
1: do women have the there are, same, some, there are
2: some women here. Do women have the same... I mean, in, you're led to believe in pornographic films that women, some women just love licking their breasts. Yeah. But that, I don't know if that's really true. Do, do women have the same compulsion to reach their breasts as men do with their willies?
0: Well, it's easier to do. I mean, it's not... I'm looking some, for at some women. For some people, women. it's easier to do. For, for the larger-breasted lady, it's... It's a, more of a possibility, I suppose. Sometimes for a yeah, but if smaller breast... I suppose it's... Like, I've got no breasts. Well, I've got a small breast. Oh, really? I like the way I'm holding the microphone to this. <laughs> I can't... I can't do it.
2: I've got quite large breasts. Yeah. Well, there's... Have you been... You probably haven't been watching I'm a Celebrity, have you?
0: No, or... not really. Well, I saw a little bit last night, but... Eric
2: Bristow's got amazing tits. <laughs> <Has he? laughs> He could easily lick those <laughs> if he so wished. It's An yeah. interesting thing.
0: So he's just doing seven weeks of the six music. Will you be back after those seven weeks? Who knows? Is it too early to say. I don't know.
2: Yeah, who knows?
0: You seemed like you're not happy, but I think I I didn't no, listen I I listened I mean, to I, some of it and it was good.
2: Yeah, thanks, man. I mean, it, it, it just feels weird. It just feels daft. And I was kind of, I, I think I sort of wanted to do it and, and agreed to do it at a moment where I was feeling super confident. And then when you're faced with the re- reality of the thing, you just uh, think, oh, God, you know, I, do, I, I don't want to do a really bad job, you know. And, um, and it's difficult and because suddenly you, you, you're having to get to know someone live on air as well. It's very difficult for Edith as well to come into that position and, you know, both of us reading tweets from a lot of people sort of saying, why are you doing this? You're, <laughs> you're trampling on the sacred grave of the our... grave! ...of our... Uh, <laughs> Favorite this or that, and you know, say you think, "Oh dear," you're, you're suddenly aware of all people's opinions and stuff, so it makes you self-conscious. But um, as far as I'm concerned, it's an excuse to do some uh, more jingles and write a couple <laughs> more songs. You can
0: do those anyway; you can just do them. I can. And them yeah, you That's why I'm, this is like a radio show. Yeah, I just put it out
2: myself. But it's nice to be forced to do things. Yeah. You know what I mean? and so um, I'll fucking
0: force you if you like (laughs) I can hold your children in a a nice in a nice I'll put them in a nice prison of course I forgot about nice prison
1: I'll release
0: one every time you do something that I consider to be good enough
2: a good jingle (laughs) a good podcast jingle
0: (laughs) and we could you could have that as part of the jingle you could play the jingle and then you could play a tape of the child being released (laughs) from uh, (laughs) And sort of running back into your arms, kind of crying, going, "Why, why, why? 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 <laughs> they treated me very well, but why, why did you do that? Why did you do that?" You know, I was trying to listen, but then you could go. But listen to the jingle.
2: Listen to the jingle. Come on, calm down. I'll sing you the counting song. It'll be fun.
0: <laughs> so, and did you ever get to fight Tom o. Thompson? He's in, he's in uh, New York now. You offered uh, to fight. The director general Yeah
2: Yeah the DG No he looked appalled When I suggested that (laughs) I Had a fist fight with him And now
0: Because the director generals Of the BBC Are all to blame For everything that happened In the 1970s Of the BBC If you went and punched him I don't think there'd be a person In the land who wouldn't applaud you For what you've done
2: Who is the current director general Is it you There's no
0: one now I I thought I might give it a go We did apply I think To be the director general We applied for a few jobs When we were Lee and Herring We definitely applied For the controller of Radio 1 (laughs) <laughs> uh, and, uh, uh, but I think we did apply to be director general. No, so I
2: never. Bought, I never Mark Thompson though to no. uh, answer your question
0: deserves it. I reckon. I think. It yeah. Good.
2: I mean, in, pff, uh, the bottom line was that he was very happy to see Six Music closed down, and sort of grudgingly allowed it to remain open when there was uh, sufficient weight of public outcry. Uh, so yeah, I would have. I would have uh, very happily scrapped with him. <laughs> There should be, I think there should be more, you know, that's how things should be settled in general.
0: It would have been great if that had been the way it had been decided. If Mark Thompson could beat you a uh, fight, yeah. then Six Music would, be, would actually have
2: ended. Yeah, But exactly. if you beat him... That's right. Yeah. A really pathetic, girly fight with a lot of scratching yeah. and slapping. I think we should still do it.
0: Yeah. Let's, put, let's put Six Music on the line, even though he's nothing to do with... it.
2: Fly me out to New York. Oh,
0: the New, he's working on the New York him Times. Him, you could do a fight where it's the New York Times versus Six Music. Whoever wins the fight, their thing survives.
2: Right, and the other one has to do. take. I mean, the
0: New York Times will close down. It's a newspaper. It's got no, <laughs> got no fucking chance. So, uh, look, we've, I think we've, uh, we've done pretty well. Um, uh, and I've nearly asked you everything I wanted to ask you. Uh, I, we sometimes throw it open to the audience it's a stupid thing to do because they ask really irritating questions that you don't want to answer mm-hmm. would you like me to throw it open to the audience
2: well it, it depends if they're happy to do that yes or I mean you can
0: go they... home any time you want it's kind of you know that, so don't feel you have to can stay we stand
2: up I'm, I'm now sort of semi desperate <laughs> to go to the toilet so Are you, we... We, can, we can stop
0: you <laughs> go to the toilet I can just so, I can do a little I can talk about how I felt <laughs> we can end I mean we've easily done enough but let's maybe take you I can in that really one. you can go back behind that curtain <laughs> Um, has anyone got a question for Adam Buxton? There's a man here with a beard. Make it a good one. It's got to be as good as my questions. If you could control how famous you were, would you make yourself astronomically famous or, you famous or If I, if, you, if you could control how famous you are, would you make where would you turn the dial of famousness? Would you make yourself astronomically famous? Would you be less famous. Which would you do? If you could, if you could control it, and if your kids were in prison while you were making the decision. <laughs>
2: I would. Uh, I, I'd make myself. It's a good um, question. Yeah, very good question. Well done. That's the
0: best. No, no more. It's together, <laughs> it's not the fucking your. Whatever your name is, Les Square Theatre podcast, is it? No one knows who you are. So Richard, Aaron Les Square Theatre. I've let you ask one question. Yeah, you haven't even fucking answered it Yeah, You're useless interviewer. You're doing so well. Suddenly you got cocky because they said well done. Oh, I've got another one. If you could magic up a cake, what would it be? It's not a good question. <laughs> the second question was rubbish
2: <laughs> I,
0: I would dial it down it would be less fam- even less famous <laughs> <laughs> I, that's like less because famous than an ordinary member of the <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: public
0: people, <laughs> people are not not uh, recognising I mean, you would because, like, become invisible yeah. or
2: something <laughs> because occasionally getting recognised in record shops is ruining my life <laughs> <laughs> what was
0: your second question it was such a good question I was going to say I fucking love you Adam oh, oh thanks man let's have a hug outside yeah that's a bit <laughs> that's not even a question is it it's a statement <laughs> He loves you though. That's nice. He fucking well. He's done well. Has anyone else got a question? for Adam Buxton. Before you remember, the longer we can keep this going, the more uncomfortable he <laughs> becomes As his bla- <laughs> the pressure on his bladder, and the answers might become a bit more interesting. With the best
2: will in the world. They must be desperate to. Uh, yeah, they must go be. and have a drink.
0: Mary Jane. Can you tell us your favourite Radiohead anecdote? Can you tell us your favourite
2: Radiohead anecdote? Okay, this is a new anecdote. Okay. Ooh. The other day, I was at a uh, party. And uh, there was a traffic situation there. Tom York was at the party. Mm -hmm. And everyone was trying to park. And there was a build-up of cars. And there was... uh, No one could get by this very narrow lane. And it turned out there was an old lady who was too frightened to back her car up because it was dark. So I got out, and I helped her back her car right down the lane so everyone could get by. But uh, Tom... Didn't realise that I was trying to help, <laughs> and I had apparently not left enough passing room where I left this lady's car. And He fucking went mental at me.
1: <laughs> Adam, so I can get by. Fucking hell!
2: <laughs> he was genuinely pissed off. Wow. And I nearly cried. A, because I was so humiliated and, and felt such a keen sense of injustice that I was being so chivalrous to help this lady, <laughs> and now I was being shouted at by one of my heroes. Uh, and B, just, it was just a generally embarrassing situation. Embarrassing,
0: that's what happened. And
2: uh, so uh, they yeah. say
0: never meet your heroes, but they also say never try and help your heroes out in a parking in a parking situation, situation.
2: <laughs> in an incredibly stressful parking situation.
0: Cool, very good. I think there's one more question just before. <laughs> Surely not. Just one more question. I think there's a person over there, humanoid over there. I can't see. I think it's a lady.
2: Hello. How are you doing?
0: I'll have to repeat the question. Shout it out though. Um, you
1: played
0: a superhero on TV. If you had an actress. Ooh, that's like a proper Where, fucking when did question. When superhero? On it's TV? like fucking Michael Parkinsons, and <laughs> you played a superhero on TV. Apparently, In you no were
2: that heroic. Sweet Christ, I'd forgotten that even happened. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
0: And Fuck. also, in, the, in your face, uh, you're a superhero. Yes, sounds like a superhero. Um, what would be your superpower in real life if you could have a superpower? What,
2: what do you think? I would be Key Wallow. My superpower would be the ability to le- locate keys and wallets.
1: Ah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very good, well... Thank you very much. I think we'll let you go to the loo. We've, yeah. had, a, we've had a nice long time. Thanks, man. It's gone on ages, and it? It's like being in Vietnam or something, isn't it? Under the lights. It's as really well. hot. The back of my head is, I've touched my hair and it's like on. It's burning. I'm like, I, wish I, had, I wish. I'm glad you chose the sun cream. We can use that now. <laughs> I know oh, you didn't, head. you chose the hand. Uh, so. Um, uh, thank you to Adam Buxton. Our Next, uh, we've got two weeks and then uh, uh, Russell Howard on the 3rd of December for the final one of these. Uh, there's still a few tickets for the left for that one so do come along and support this if you can. Uh, do support us. by This is free for you at home so do buy some of our stuff. But for the moment will you please give it up for the incredible Adam Buxton. Thank you. you have- listening to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Adam Buxton. The music is by Pest, thanks to Orange Mark and everyone at the British Comedy Guide. It's only him. There's Aaron. Aaron's there as well. Uh, And Ian Tunes at iTunes. It is produced by Ben Walker. It's a Fuzz and Sky Potato production for the internet. Thank you for listening. How do you like them Sky Potatoes? (laughs) I hope you have enjoyed listening to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast. Uh, If you have, it's free and it's nice, but if you want to give something back, Christmas is coming, you can buy some wonderful gifts for yourselves or those that you love. Fist of Fun Series 2 is now out at www.gofasterstrike.com. Uh, that's the second series, four discs, loads of extras, uh, we just had a printing error so it may take a, a few days to get to you uh, but you'll get it before Christmas. Uh, you can get What Is Love Anyway there and all my other DVDs, What Is Love Anyway has a A video, Me 1 versus Me 2 snooker tournament in it. Uh, I am on tour with Talking Cock at Newbury on the 29th and Windsor on the 30th. You can get the details of that and all the rest of the tour in 2013 at www.richardherring.com slash Talking Cock 2, the number 2. So uh, do come along and buy those tickets if you like. They're a perfect Christmas, Christmas gift. Who wouldn't want a Talking Cock ticket in their stocking? A nice talking cock uh, and producer ben has produced two other podcasts you can listen to pappy's flat share slam down is now available all the whole series is out there very funny boys uh, and also do the right thing uh, we'll be starting uh, we, the new series will be starting on the 28th of november that one will be released that that first episode stars me i am in it i'm very very funny indeed and paul foot so why not download that and that is also free but don't get give them anything else that is for free. Thank you for listening. Uh, have a happy Christmas! If uh, and we'll be back uh, with Russell Howard on December the third, still some tickets left.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus.